0: time for another thrilling edition of think of You see that that hey doesn't really make sense now that i've changed around the opening
1: it's just a hello it fits the theme
0: of the intro though Mm. so Um, your attempts are futile all right well i'm joe patrice from buffalo
1: hey joe patrice welcome
0: Yes, that's Catherine Rubino. And you also heard Chris Williams. We're all from Above the Law. This is Thinking Like a Lawyer, our weekly show where we discuss.
1: The week that was.
0: Okay. See, Hi. no, you don't. I even... was on beat. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> it was somebody calling to be like, please don't do this anymore.
1: <laughs> please stop this show. It was my mom. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay,
0: I had that happen to me the first time I did stand up. I
2: was on stage in front of a Crowd in <laughs> Philly. I went, I was after it. it was it was really like an open open mic. So there's a lot of rappers. I was mm-hmm. immediately after a guy named Bullets with a Z. This okay. was not Obviously. my crowd. Not my <laughs> crowd. I'm wearing like uh a jeans, a uh, T-shirt, and some Kohan sneakers. I get a call from my mom on the stage. I'm like, Yep, this is not a bit, <laughs> people. She just does this. Had a good
0: set, didn't get jumped. Nice. It was a good time.
1: Yeah. I, I was mean, gonna say to so. be clear, this is like I've this is the third phone call from my mom this morning.
0: Open, open mic night in Philadelphia sounds like the worst thing that you could possibly ever do. <laughs> um, here, hold on. Let's just quickly <laughs> small talk. begin our small talk session. On that note, uh, do you remember a few years ago when there was that Heartwarming tale of some robot that was hitchhiking across across the country, and it's like making it all the way across Canada, mm-hmm. got oh, to the yeah. U.S., and mm-hmm. like got to Philly, and was immediately dismantled for parts. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yes, because brotherly love is violent. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of the one of the things the I the
1: do. The city that threw batteries at, at Santa Claus, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. The yeah, batteries Santa. Yeah, Claus. Yeah. All the coal <laughs> he's given
2: out in this ecological crisis. Come on,
1: <laughs> and
2: I'll hate a bad children, but no. It's actually one of the things I do when I meet a person they're like a Philadelphia local, I'm like, fuck the Liberty Bell. Here's the things you need to know about living in Philly. They won the Super Bowl and they destroyed their city out of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, tell them, I tell them about the uh, the traveling robot and I tell them that there was the um like they usually hear about like uh, Joes, you know, it's like the mm-hmm. Geno's or Pats or something. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I tell them that one of them Had a kill a fry Mamiya thing on like the bottom of their sign. It's like a they wanted, wanted I think it was a Mamiya Buchabal, something like that. Mm -hmm. They wanted him to get the death penalty. And I was like, that was under a sandwich spot. There was no (laughs) need for that to get political. But like, if you understand these things, Philly starts to make sense. Like, if if you get that, you're like, yeah, they would murder a
0: robot. (laughs) My, my, My take on Philly has always been that everyone talks about Pats and Genos and it's, and neither of them are. Even not, of them are good. In the top 10 of cheesesteaks I've had in Philadelphia. I
1: mean, they're, they're not bad.
0: Look, you, you're not going to have a bad cheesesteak. My, my
1: sister went to college in Philadelphia and was very much a Pat's person. So I feel a little bit of loyalty that I need to, like, stand up for it, even though it wasn't me.
2: Stand up all you want. But I will say, I feel like going to Philly just to get a Philly cheesesteak from Gino's is like going to Chicago, getting a deep dish from Uno. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it really is. No, I... um. Except I, not franchised. Like
0: Ellie and I did some mm-hmm. events in Philly over the years back in the day when we did lots of events as part of Above the Law, and mm-hmm. yeah, we would we frequented like the off the beaten path cheesesteak places, and they were all fantastically better. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: fair enough. Well, okay, it's small talk, and y'all, I have something to say.
0: Uh oh, no, no. I
2: was, no, was going to say it, but I no. decided to not steal your thunder. Go on.
1: <laughs> There's a new album coming out. <laughs> <laughs> That was worth it. That's actually how I felt last night during the Grammys uh, when Taylor Swift announced her 11th studio album, The Tortured Poets. Department. department. God, Uh,
0: I hate that I had to come in there. Well, okay, there's a Mm. lot of
1: people online that have misdone it as club because of dead or society because of dead poet society, Mm. but also because Mm. the whole thing is we think is a reference to Joe Alwyn, her ex boyfriend, Mm. publicly had like a group chat that was called the tortured men's club. Mm. So we think that this is like a reference to that. Like he must have called her like a tortured poet or something like that. I don't know. It's all very, very, but I'm interested. I can't wait. All of the things. So don't expect to see me online february on on the 19th i'm gonna be i'm gonna be busy
0: yeah the um i i, I yeah they, i mean i only know this because i was of course following minute by minute to find out what was going on with killer mike he <laughs> won three, won three grammys and then was carted off by the police which was yeah. apparently it was a yeah. altercation okay. outside yeah
1: i don't know uh yeah true that was a whole thing but also uh Taylor Swift also won her fourth album of the year, Grammy the first person in the history of ever to do that. But mm. I wasn't even watching, but I have good friends and they all let me know the second it happened. My phone just started blowing up with texts. So it was pretty fun.
0: Killer, Killer Mike, of course, my my favorite Frisky Dingo character. Uh, he was <laughs> for anybody who remembers that Adult Vaguely, Swim show. Yeah. I love that show. It was the bridge between C-Lab 2021 and, uh, and Archer and, for that crew gotcha. and they then they had a show about an alien trying to take over the world and killer mike was a character on on that show. like it wasn't
1: but, like the, the Mike, it wasn't like killer mike was a, a character it was like he well, voiced a he character. played he played one of the characters yeah yeah, 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 yeah. which is different than like somebody that's making fair that's caricature fair.
0: was he a dolphin no he he played uh he played a music artist who was running as uh running for the vice presidency
2: because I was like, if it was one of those BoJack Horseman things where, like, you play a character, I was like, they had to make him a whale. Because <laughs> killer Mike is killer whale, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. Have we sufficiently? Oh, before before yes. we end small okay. talk, I just want yeah. everybody to know of the lunacy that this man engages in, that he takes his normalcy. Joe tends to run with only four tabs open. Yeah. One on the laptop.
0: Four tabs. Yeah. One, yeah. Let two- me. Let
1: me count mine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Twenty-one. Wow, I currently have eight, but that's because I'm in the middle of a story. I have I have eleven windows open. <laughs> I was going to say I have twenty-one in, my... in those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh I have God. I have twenty-one in my main window, and I have two other windows.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it, I, I I have the yeah. research that is necessary for the article open as tabs. But of course once that article is finished and in the can, I will close all those and then be back to the main
1: no, four. That's, that's not how it ends. Yeah. how that's
0: not how email. that's not how
2: people work. No. That's not how people I, I, work. I just reminds me of the one time I remember I just had my phone open or something. And somebody saw like the amount of emails. They were like, oh I have so many emails and they had me like show me they had a hundred open emails. And once my emails hit past the thirty six thousand mark, they
0: just started like shivering. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know.
0: my inbox currently has one new email i will, nah, uh, I will nah. dispense with that you soon. don't
1: you don't want to know how many i have
0: <laughs> oh it's probably normal catherine
1: okay so on on my phone because the way i have my thing my actual tab set up it doesn't actually reflect everything but on my phone mm-hmm. i have two hundred and ninety thousand nine hundred and forty six unread emails
2: I feel better. I only have seventy seven thousand one hundred twenty four. <laughs> I, uh,
0: I mean,
1: it's all like spam that I just refuse to open yeah, or deal yeah. with.
0: Right. Well, I I dispense with that. Then we well, like, it spam, my, so I never get it. But again. like
1: my Gmail, like automatically gets sorted, like on my tabs between like primary, promotion, social, updated, etc. And I only look at the primary. So
0: so two things. One.
1: Like my primary has seven emails. One,
0: I now have zero because I took this time to (laughs) to clear that out. Two, I don't have – like I don't trust the spam filter anymore on Gmail. I feel like – Multiple times, I have looked and seen uh, people said like, "Oh, I sent you this thing, whatever," and it's been just weirdly in spam. I I sometimes am having a, a back and forth with a group of people that has gone multiple iterations, and then like the third person, in, the third person to reply in the chain, the whole chain then moves to spam, and I'm like. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you're you not the only I'm, one who's had this problem. Yeah. Very famously. Yes, no, I would say was the
0: segue I was gonna do. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, 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 this is this is a little bit like legal tech related. So sort of. we're gonna we're gonna pretend for a minute, but it's
0: legal and it involves tech. So
1: we're gonna count it, friends. Uh but yes, the uh, F one rejected the Andretti's bid to be the eleventh constructor in F one at Formula One, and part of it was that they didn't show up for a meeting because the invite to the meeting went to spam.
0: Yeah. Ooh. the the person holding the meeting did not send it they had their assistant send it the assistant was not seemed like as apparently was taken by the uh, spam filter as a sketchy address and therefore it went <laughs> into a spam filter <laughs> so they didn't show up to the meeting and that's why their bi- their billions of dollars worth of bid uh, was not well multi millions but over the life of the contract
1: would have sure hit the billions, billions at some point didn't make it uh, that is why old. Also, kind of BS that they rejected the Andretti bid, regardless, because they're like, "Oh, they won't be competitive." I was like, "Haas is right there." Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I
0: mean, it, it, I understand it more. Like literally, I like the director of Haas right. was like,
1: "We will be last this year."
0: Yes, of course, as they will every year. I think the argument that they won't be competitive is stupid. Uh, the argument that the crowd is gets it gets too crowded with twenty two cars is is I, I do think there's something to that. They, 20 is a decent number to have on there to minimize traffic concerns, especially with some of those. If you're going to continue being at Monaco, that's you
1: well, know. Uh, sure. I think that's probably fair at Monaco, but that, that's not how they could, they could, or things they could do. Like what they used to do was when during qualifying the last X number of teams just don't get to just compete get the to next day. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's a, a, a fair option. And would still increase, like, the excitement to have an Andretti team on the grid.
0: Yeah. No, I think it— Because
1: I don't think that they would necessarily always be the ones that were eliminated. I think mm-hmm. there were weekends at certain Haas cards. I think that, frankly, I mean, I love Valtteri Bottas, but he did he was at the back of the grid for a good chunk of last year. No,
0: that's true. That's true. I mean, the, those cards weren't great. Well, he may have a new one. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that is neither here nor there. Uh, spam filters. They're weird. Uh, <laughs> keep on top of those. <laughs> Yeah, can we get to work talk?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I almost
0: I almost feel like spam filters, I need a new AI that goes through my spam filter to determine whether spam filter was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need a secondary check. Uh, all right, well, that'll be- Like an be, AI? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You got that in just under the buzzer, but
1: that is the end of small talk.
0: Hey, let's talk about, not small talk, uh, I had was gone a lot of last week uh, covering Legal Week, which we'll talk about in a bit. But because I was gone, I didn't really follow what was going on. So I looked at our uh, tra- traffic numbers from last week, and um, it's nice to be back here at ATL. Alina, the law. Uh, <laughs>
1: what
0: what happened? Like every story.
1: Well, you know, it it was a week. It was yeah. a week.
0: We the- devoted a whole ep- a couple of whole episodes to this woman because and thinking. Well, she was hugely in the news this week, so we have to do it. Uh, and then this week was even worse. People well, love looking you know. at car crashes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, this, is, is, this, is rubber,
2: this is rubbernecking traffic.
1: I think that that's very true. People like to watch bad things happen. Um, I think that the size of the verdict uh, against Donald Trump was an impressive number. I think that uh, people want to talk about it. I think that her poor lawyering was a big part of it.
0: The biggest story of last week was uh, she made a bid real quick to, uh, and we, we kind of highlighted this, I believe, at the end of, you know, as part of last show that she had made a somewhat curious bid that, you know, Judge Kaplan and Robbie Kaplan have both worked at Paul Weiss. So seems like bias, you know, after, after multiple trials, of after two trials have already happened, they, yeah, this not, dawns yeah. on them uh, that this has happened. Uh, so, that motion, you know, we joked about how stupid that motion was. Uh, Robbie Kaplan did not think that was a dumb joke, uh, but more a sanctionable one uh, and (laughs) wrote back saying that uh, this was something that they might pursue some repercussions over. Alina rapidly wrote a letter withdrawing that and saying like, oh, you know, I was just as some people were saying blah, blah, blah. Uh, So that was the biggest thing, the kind of panic that seemed to hit as soon as somebody brought up the concept of actual sanctions and it made me think that a, a good deal of we've made fun of a lot of the incompetent lawyering going on you know on that side but the questionably ethical lawyering that's going on mm. over there I mean, is those another those things
1: th- go hand in hand in a lot of ways right if you're just taking your cues from your client who is not a lawyer even if they are there's a high chance you're running into all sort of problematic behavior
0: I still maintain that 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 email exchange that led up to what was going on in the civil fraud trial as mm-hmm. far as whether or not Trump was going to uh, was going to testify. that email exchange, I still want I think there's there are AI detectors of like authorship. I want them to go through <laughs> and identify because I am I am fairly sure you can see the moment that, yeah, he that Chris Ka stops writing and he starts cutting and pasting Trump's words in. and I'll bet. I'll bet an AI could identify that, but I digress. Uh, yeah, so that's that yeah. was one aspect. Yeah, well, go yeah, on. I
1: mean, Robbie Kaplan was big mad about it, though. Mm-hmm. Not the only thing she was big mad about this well, week. Well,
0: I was actually going to segue <laughs> to that one by okay. going through an intermediary story okay, okay. that we heard, which was Kaplan also explained that in an, in an episode of actually competent lawyering, <laughs> uh, Alina apparently ordered lunch to be served at a deposition at Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. which is a... You know, which is, not what, necessary, but is... What one does. It is common civility. Oh, right. And, and I think litigation. particularly
1: in the instance, which I think it leads up to the whole whole issue, right, is that when you're at Mar-a-Lago, it's not like you can just like go to the McDonald's across the street. Right. right. It has to be like it's a very long way to get to anything that isn't part of Mar-a-Lago. Right. So if you are willing, if, if you're willing to be deposed there and that's where you suggest part of I think otherwise there'll be an objection to that as the location right. is you provide lunch. That seems very, very standard.
0: Yeah, uh, it is very standard. And, you know, and I like it. And I've done it, too. Like in in really acrimonious litigation, you still do it like people.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things like that. You know, I once uh, was part of a a deposition and the plaintiffs in the case owned a hotel and they put us up in that hotel because, you know, we were willing to do it in their city. So, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. well, we'll pay for this and, you know, kind of. That whole right. back and forth is natural and part of it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, apparently, when Kaplan made reference to the fact that they were going to be having lunch provided by the deponent, Trump. Lost his mind and like threw papers across exhibits across the table and then mm-hmm. started yelling at Alina. At least according to what Kaplan told the media. Well, uh, she yes, yeah, so yeah. she
1: appeared on George Conway's uh, podcast and that wasn't the only out of pocket story that came. There we go. Yeah, there we go. It's all it's all going to circle back. But also, what Robbie Kaplan revealed was that during the that same deposition, that Trump referred to her as a "see you next Tuesday." Ah. Which, you know, most people I think at this point probably are aware what that means. It's yeah.
0: where did you hear that first? Uh, for me, it was uh, that show American Dad. 100%. The, Roger 100% the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Roger, Roger the, the Alien. She's a real
1: it. CNX Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, which obviously is uh, a euphemism for cunt. Uh, and
0: yeah. earning that explicit tag. Well
1: done. them just be the facts. I I agree, yes. Them just be the facts. I'm not criticizing. Uh, But apparently the way it happened was Trump was like, about to say something, their lawyers were like, "This is off the record. This is off the record." So obviously, they knew something was up. Mm. At least that was Kaplan's perception of what happened. And he was like, "I'll see you next Tuesday or whatever." And mm-hmm. she was kind of confused. She was like, "The next deposition's on a Wednesday." Very confused. <laughs> 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 and her 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 associates had to tell her as they after they left that you know it was a euphemism for cunt. And she was like, "Well, it's a good thing I didn't know because I would have been big mad." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing that gets me about that is. My take is, sure, you know, he's a 12-year-old boy. He speaks in euphemisms, whatever. But, you know, you're also used to be the leader of the free freaking world. If you want to call someone a cunt, call them a cunt. Mm -hmm, Say mm -hmm. what you say. It's not doesn't make it less misogynistic just because you use a euphemism. Mm -hmm. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Have the fucking balls to defend it in the moment. Otherwise, you're just being childish, which is not surprising, I suppose, given who we're talking about.
2: Yeah, I was I was going to say something similar coming from the guy who was just bragging about how he would just, you know, assault women because he was rich. It seems yeah. like him using a metaphor, him using like a euphemism is like, is, is he going to therapy or something? Is he trying? <laughs> like, he's threatened about killing people in the street, and his people will still vote for him. This is an improvement. He's he's getting better. It's, you know? No,
1: it's because he's always been a coward, right? He said that in front of an audience of his supporters, so he knew how mm. it was going to be reacted. Mm. So he knew he was going to get mm. a cheer line. He said the "grab them by the pussy" line when he was talking one on one to a guy, when he knew he wasn't going to get any any pushback about it. But he would never say that to Robbie. Kaplan's face, Because he might have to defend himself in the moment because he might get pushed back in that second. And he is fundamentally a coward.
0: It could also uh, be the Carroll case is hitting his pockets. <laughs> well, it hadn't been yet, but uh, this is the Carroll case. Yeah. All right. Well, well it
1: was a different case. It was a related, a different case that Robbie Kaplan was deposing him. In. It was not the Carroll case. It was a fraud case, but irrelevant right. to the point.
0: <laughs> McDermott, Will & Emery is Vault's number one law firm for associate satisfaction three years running. Why? because they're doing big law better at mcdermott you define what your success looks like they help you achieve it mcdermott's award-winning professional development program and hands-on mentorship propel you toward your goals while the industry-leading wellness benefits help you feel your best so you can do your best want to see how your life could be better at mcdermott head to mwe.com above the law Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. All right, we're back. Uh, This is an interesting one that I saw. And, you know, no details uh, for reasons that will become obvious. But a post on a job board was pointing out uh, saying that from an associate saying, hey, my firm has told us that they're going to be firing two of the six first years on Friday. You know, I'm a little worried, how should I handle that? Like my yes. numbers are good, <laughs> yada, yada. Um, let's just, so so a lot of people reached out after we published this story and said, uh, well, what firm your story doesn't say? And I was like, yeah. I think if this person identified the firm, they'd have mm-hmm. fired three people out of six. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's not a lot of anonymity when you're uh, dealing with a six first year class. Uh, that okay. said, okay, so layoffs we've talked about. I, like, I, I've always thought stealth layoffs were the most cruel way you could go, but yes. apparently. <laughs> roulette? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Hunger Games yeah. style. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's very true. It's very, may the odds be ever in your favor.
0: I don't understand what the logic was. Look, I'm not advocating this. I want to be clear before anybody takes this out. I'm not advocating this. But if you said we're going to fire two of you at the end of the quarter, that's one thing. Like there's an opportunity for people to fight for their jobs, which I think is probably a horrible way to manage. But at (laughs) least there's logic. What are they going to do in 24 hours to solidify their job prospect. Like at that point, you clearly have already decided who you're firing.
1: Yeah, yes, I think that's true. Um, I mean, all it does, I think, is it's it's terrible practice. Like there's no way any HR was actually involved in that, right? Like HR is all about like trying to minimize the antagonism inherent in these situations, yeah. right? Like you tell people on a Friday. You try, like, <laughs> Well, they were
0: going to tell them on a Friday.
1: <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> As but the, it turned out. The point is so that they don't have time to... The- do all sorts of questionable things that you might hear when you're hearing bad news.
0: Well, and and there's also that. But Mm -hmm. it like, yeah, I wasn't even getting to that level. I think that's the only thing I could
1: think is like, what are you trying to do? Give them time to arm themselves? Like, what is happening?
0: (laughs) I just don't understand. Like, it's a horrible way to treat people in the first place. And I hope, even if the person who initially said this anonymously hopefully they kept their job and therefore Mm -hmm. they won't follow up but the people who do lose their job i wish i hope they identify who this firm is because i think first years the world over need to be forearmed that Mm -hmm. this this or forewarned i guess which is forearmed yeah see like it's an old phrase anyway they need to be warned Mm -hmm. that this place exists because this is a toxic environment That would that would pre-announce like it's like layoffs are layoffs, but pre-announcing I plan to lay a couple of you off. We'll get back to news at eleven. Is it's it's like that moment in Shrek where Farquaad's like, "Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to
1: make."
0: (laughs) See, I think of that as like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it's cartoonishly evil to manage your firm that way.
2: And the hope is that it's just one firm doing this. Like, what if you find mm-hmm. out it's a trend that's actually been happening across other places, but this is the only one that reached out?
1: I can't imagine. It's so bad. It is, like, yeah. the opposite of what anybody would ever do. It's, like, anti-instinctual, right? Like, yeah. like whatever your instinct is, do the opposite is what this is.
0: <laughs> Several years ago, I wrote an article that got in trouble because it was, there was some conflict over it. The um, But about a firm that was hiring people and calling them interns and not paying them, basically not paying a swath of associates. It's not uh,
1: great.
0: It was like during harder economic times and mm-hmm. they could get away with that. And obviously there are actually Department of Labor laws, regulations about what you can and can't call an unpaid internship And uh, in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crosses this line. That said, there was some disputed language in the definitions that this firm got very angry and said, "No, lawyers don't count." <laughs> and I, I, at the time, I called a, a number of law professors to like read over these regulations, and I was like, you, what? How do you read this?" And they were conflicting views on what this said, but it there's a colorable argument that lawyers don't count. And the argument was, well, lawyers are professionals and it says professional licensees don't count. And I'm like, well, that's assuming that they're self-employed people. Like this by definition is not that, that's not how Mm -hmm. this is, oh yeah, it was real bad. But that I thought also uh, fits into this. There's kind of this mentality of like how to exploit the young lawyer.
1: There's definitely a lot of exploitation happening.
0: (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I kind of decided that the firm probably was on on better ground, uh, even though these regulations seem to say that lawyers can't, uh, you can't do this to lawyers. There was this other definition that of professional I see that I, I can't imagine they wouldn't have have been able to win a, a, a fight over that and said like, well, we had a reasonable expectation. This means we can just not pay associates. Really interesting. Uh, well... Horrible stuff. Let us know, obviously, all the time. Uh, send it to tips at Above the Law if you are aware of any horrible situations like this. We
1: will keep you fully anonymous as this of conversation course. has proven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, Gee, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Gee, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich leather bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at law. He'll fight for you. I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a
2: law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network.
0: Available wherever podcasts are found. All right, we're back. We don't have a ton of time. So as I said, I was at Legal Week uh, discussing all Mm. things law and technology. And while we were there, there was a story that kind of came up in the real world uh, that you all covered here.
1: Yeah. Second Circuit referred an attorney for disciplinary action because they used ChatGPT to do some legal research and it hallucinated fake citations.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're still doing this. Yeah. Uh, we're still making these things. I
1: mean, in, in, in this attorney's defense, I mean, this is when it's gone through the disciplinary process. Who knows how long ago they did actually, you know, written the brief, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it doesn't happen overnight or anything like that. Hopefully it was before this became, you know, a regular talking point about legal tech. Um, <laughs> but But, you know, I think it's interesting, one of the arguments in the in the briefing was that, well, there's no specific rule about how, you know, there, that there should be some rule about chat GPT and how lawyers should use it. And the second circuit was like, maybe, maybe, but it seems to us that the bare minimum is that you should read the cases you cite mm-hmm. and you can't read a case that's fake. Also,
2: just for for the record, uh, I think hallucination is such a good PR spin rather than being like fabrication or just like made shit up. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. It's just baked in like the oopsie daisy nature of it rather than just, oh, you fucked up. The the, the error is human here.
1: (laughs) I love that. I think that's a great point, actually. Like, why do we call it hallucination as opposed to?
2: Yeah,
1: that's a great point. Fabrication. Yeah, maybe we should we should start a new trend just calling it fabrications.
2: AI fabrication well, hold on that's all we do I,
0: I'm pain. trying to see the date uh I'm reading through the whole thing to figure out what day it was I mean it couldn't have been too too early right because chat GPT like it hasn't it's not even that old
1: like, well what uh, I what I meant when I said early, I meant like before it became very public that lawyers were getting in trouble for using yeah. GPT in their briefing yeah Took a minute before it became clear that lawyers were looking for shortcuts and not bothering to double check the work that Chat was spitting out.
0: Well, that's the point that I always make is that it's not a tech problem here because no, if that, you... that's
1: literally what the Second Circuit said, yeah. right? That yeah. the bare minimum is that you should read the cases that you cite in briefing and you can't read a faked case.
0: Well now the dangerous thing you could do if you're like really incompetent with the tech, which is this is what allegedly happened in the first of these cases that we had with all the airline stuff is that they went back and said to chat gpt somebody told us this was fake like what do you have the text of this opinion and chat gpt was like sure and then made that up too and then they submitted the fake bit and was like well here it is
1: one One would certainly hope that lawyers at this point have some access to publicly available uh,
0: state bars mostly have access to things, yeah. like fast case or something like that mm-hmm. uh, is available through most.
1: Yeah, if, state if you bars. don't already have a Lexis or Westlaw or something, right. you know, kind of kind of thing. It was I mean, the second circuit was not not hearing that nonsense that, you know,
0: did you look at what the underlying dispute was in this case?
1: I did. It was it was somebody who was trying the case was dismissed but was trying to sue a doctor over a failed abortion.
0: Uh your honor, I yeah, I'd like to present exhibit A, this 3-year-old child.
1: <laughs> yeah, cold, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I just I okay, I I saw that too that that was what it was about. I was like I don't know as have I've heard that one before. Yeah. Um maybe <laughs> that's is- why it was dismissed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: This is one of those weird cases where, like, you realize you're living in a, like, soft dystopia or, like, a hypothetical <laughs> situation. Because this is just a a combination of the typewriter monkeys and yeah. the Turing test. <laughs> like, if we had a computer compile a thing, how long would it take until it's an actual thing, you know? All
0: right. Well, let's... Uh... Close. Uh, so thanks for listening. You should subscribe to the show, get new episodes when they come out. You should leave reviews, write things on the various services, give stars, all that sort of stuff. Helps more people find the show. You should listen to the Jabot, Catherine's other show uh, podcast. You should listen to the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable, which I'm a guest on, which where we talk about a lot more of these sorts of issues. Uh, you should be listening to the other offerings of the legal talk network you should read above the law obviously to read these and more stories before they hit our conversation you should follow us on social media it's at atl blog i'm at joseph patrice she's at katherine one the numeral one chris is at rights for rent as in typing rights not legal rights um all of that is at x twitter as we call it and then over at blue sky i everything's the same so i'm joe patrice and peace that we're done bye peace